You're listening to the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict. So for the whole of the tractate of Tanit, for the whole of the tractate of fasts, we've been talking about fasts which are triggered by something going on in the rest of the world, the calamity on some calamity that is affecting the public. So until now, the fasts are reactions to real-life, real-time events. And the way the, the Rambam explains it is that the fasting in, in incentivizes or reminds us to repent, and then whatever is happening will be fixed. That's the Rambam, and that is the beginning. That is all. That is ninety percent of the Mishnah of Tanit. And now, as we head into the end, we're in the last three Mishnayot of Tanit, and we'll cover two of those today. And then I hope we'll finish the Masachet tomorrow. As we head into the last three Mishnayot of Tanit, suddenly we start to learn about the days that we call fast days today. In other words, the fast days that are reacting to something going on in the present, but fast days that are recalling the um, errors or accidents or sins or disasters of the past. And we're going to begin with the 17th of Tammuz and the 9th of Av. Five things happened to our ancestors on the 17th of Tammuz and five on the 9th of Av. So we are still, by the way, in the language or in the spirit of calamities that come onto the public. So we're still consistent, if you like, with the Rambam and his view that Fasting is a, is a reaction to what happens out in the world. It's not a ritual. It's not some kind of ceremony we go through for the sake of it. it. It's a reaction to what's going on. But these two fasts are delayed reactions to things that happened in the past, but things that really happened. So what are these things? On the 17th of Tammuz, the tablets were shattered. This is 40 days after the giving of the Torah. The, the um, Shavuot is on the 3rd of Sivan. And then Moshe goes up on the mountain, I think on the 6th or the 7th of, let's say he goes up on the 3rd day, 6th or, or 7th of, of, um, of Sivan. And he stays there for 40 days. So 40 days brings us from the 7th of Sivan to the 17th of Tammuz. And he, that, that is when the golden calf, that, that's when the people made the golden calf and Moshe comes down and he shatters the tablets. And this shattering seems to trigger a pattern that will then trigger off a set of kind of bad luck events in future years. So the Mishnah continues. The tablets were shattered. Uvatal hatamid. The tamid offering stopped. This probably, this it's not clear whether this is in the time of the Roman siege or the Babylonian siege. But at a certain point in the siege, the 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 temple is going to be destroyed on the ninth of Av three weeks later. But at a certain point, three weeks before the destruction, there are no longer animals 
sufficient to carry out the daily sacrifice. The daily sacrifice stops. If you like, this is the kind of the beating heart of the religious life of the city that stops. Ve hufka'a, ve year. The city was breached. And the Gemara is, again, is not sure whether we're talking about the first or the second um, the first or the second temple, there is an, a source actually in the Tanakh suggesting that the walls were breached on the ninth. The walls of the the, the, the walls were breached on the ninth of Tammuz. This it, it's from it's from Tanakh. So we're talking now about the Babylonian conquest. So maybe this refers to the Roman conquest. The city was breached on the seventeenth of Tammuz. An apostomus burnt the Torah. This is a reference to a Greek, a, a Greek king, and placed an idol in the temple. Perhaps this is apostomus as well. There's a suggestion in the Gemara. This is Menashe, and the the Gemara has a view. Menashe was one of the the evil kings right before the Babylonian destruction. And there's an idea in the Gemara that Jerusalem was actually destroyed because of Menashe. He filled the city of Jerusalem with blood from one end to the other. And there's a suggestion in the Gemara that he also placed an idol in the temple. So perhaps this is Menashe, perhaps this is, uh, this is a, a Greek tyrant at the time of just before the time of the Romans. That's the 17th of Tammuz. Perhaps the idol in the temple reflects the golden calf. Perhaps the last event, the idol in the temple, reflects the first one. The tablets are shattered because of the creation of the golden calf. So these events begin with idolatry and they end with idolatry. The events of the 9th of Av begin and end with exile. The Tishaba Av... We're going to have five things now. On the ninth of Av, we'll have five things. But Av, On the ninth of Av, it was decreed that our ancestors should not enter the land. And the Gemara goes through a much more complicated set of calendar calculations to come to that conclusion, much more complicated than the 40 days from the 7th of Sivan to the 17th of Tammuz. much more complicated than that. But there's a remark in, in the Gemara, in um, actually in Tanit, Uchti Vatisa Kola Vatisa Kola Idava Yidnuek Kolamba Yivkua Amba Laila Hahu, and it's written, and this is from um, uh, from Numbers from um, the Sefer B'Midbar. This is right after, right after the spies come back with the bad report of the land. The people lifted up their voice and cried, and they wept all that night. Amar Rabba, Amar Rabbi Yochanan, Laila, Laila Leil That night was the night of the ninth of Av. Amar Lahem Hakadosh Baruch Hu, God said to them, You wept needlessly. There was no need to weep because of a fear about going into the land. No need for that. I will establish for you weeping in future generations. And that's the theme that links together these five events on Tisha B'Av, as if this initial failure of courage, failure of nerve, failure of determination to enter into the land 
or, or perhaps failure to establish sufficient connection to the land then leads to a disconnection from the land in future generations. And so the story goes on. So the temple was destroyed the first and the second time. Beitar was a city in um, kind of in the middle of the land of Israel. And we're now talking not about the, the not about the destruction by the Romans in the year 70, but about the Jewish revolt in the year 125. So this is now the time of Rabbi Akiva. So the, the Romans, they destroyed Jerusalem in the year 70, but they don't really destroy the land of Israel for 50 for another 55 years until the the revolt of Bar Kokhba. And it's at that point that Beitar is destroyed. The land of Israel is completely destroyed. Thousands, tens of thousands of people are killed. This I mean, this really is the, the this really was the shower of their generation. The, the the complete destruction of the land. This is when the rabbis move from Yavne up north to, to take refuge in the Galil. The, just the, the capture of Beitar sim really symbolizes the, um, the destruction of the Jewish people in their own land, much more so than the destruction of the temple. And the, and the city was plowed over. I think this was also on after the second revolt, but I'm not sure. And then the Mishnah concludes, When Av enters, we reduce our rejoicing. Very interesting, by the way, that the Mishnah here is not going to refer to the three weeks. You know, we reduce now, today we reduce rejoicing for, during the three weeks between the 17th of Tammuz and the 9th of Av, but the Mishnah just talks about when Av enters the nine the, the, the nine days, and the Mishnah will then go to continue just talking a little bit about that period. Shabbat shechal tishava Av liot betocha during the week when the ninth of Av falls. Asurim mi lesaper umilakabes umilakabes v'chamisha mutarim mipnei chvot hashabbat. During the week in which the ninth of Av falls, it's forbidden to cut hair. And to wash clothes, so this is like this is like um, well, it's like cholamoy, but it's really like mourning. This is really like mourning. But on Thursday, it's okay to do it in honor of Shabbat. So, um, we've talked before about the fact that the fasts are kind of lifted. You know, the shutting of the shops, which is obligatory on fast days, is lifted on Thursdays so people can buy for Shabbat. And this Mishnah must refer to a time when Tisha B'Av fell on a Friday. Because it's only forbidden to cut hair and to wash clothes until Tisha B'Av. So if we're relaxing the restrictions on a Thursday, Tisha B'Av must be falling on a Friday. Now, in our calendar today, Tisha B'Av cannot fall on a Friday. We don't have a Friday. We don't have a fast day before Shabbat. But in the time of the Mishnah, if the calendar was set by the um, witnesses seeing the new moon, then, of course, it could fall on unusual days. So on this occasion, it seems to be falling on Friday. 
And on Thursday afternoon, so before the fast, before the fast on Thursday afternoon, we're going to let people cut their hair and wash clothes so that when the fast goes out, they're going to be ready for Shabbat. Erev Tisha B'Av. This, this again would be on Thursday afternoon, but anyway, the afternoon before Tisha B'Av. One shouldn't, a person shouldn't eat two cooked dishes. The Bartanur explains here that we're talking about food that needs to be cooked. So, you know, I don't know, meat, something you can't eat when it's raw meat or fish or baking bread. But one shouldn't eat meat or drink wine. So these will be actually cooked vegetables, not, not cooked meat. And the bartender explains that if there's something like, oh, I don't know, milk, which you can drink raw, there's no problem about heating it up and cooking it. We're really talking about real cooking here to prepare food that can't be eaten more. And Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel is going to disagree. Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel says, Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, Omer Yishane. Um, Shimon ben Gamliel says, one should just make a change. And again, we've seen that the house of Rabbi Gamliel is very often kind of easy on their own comfort. So they say, look, you know, if you're used to eating four dishes on, on a regular day, you can eat two on Erev Tisha B'Av. If you're used to having two kinds of wine, you can have one kind of wine. In other words, you just want to make a little change from your normal practice. And it won't surprise us to know the halacha does not follow Rabban Shimon Ben Gamliel. Rabbi Yudah Mechayev B'chifiat Hamita. Rabbi Yudah obligated turning over the bed. When we um learned the Mishnah of Moed Katan. We learned that one of the signs of mornings mourning was that you would turn the the, the foot, you turn the beds over. Then you'd sit on effectively, effectively you'd sit on a low couch which had been turned over. And we're in the world of mourning. So Rabbi Yudah is going to say, is going to obligate turning over the bed just as a mourner would do. The Lohodu Lochachamim, but the sages did not agree with him. Thank you for listening to this edition of the Daily Mishnah Podcast with Benedict.